Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to and identity episode, we will dive into the Holy Spirit manifestation gift of discernment, or also known as discerning of spirits. Let's begin with what discernment is not. It is not earthly wisdom. It's not for man at all. It is God's truth, not influenced by cultural trends. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit, which means it is grounded in the omniscience of God. That's the perfect wisdom of God. The gift of discernment is one of the nine manifestation gifts that every believer receives when they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. As discussed in other podcast episodes, the Holy Spirit comes in fullness and sits quietly in your heart waiting for you to activate Him in your spirit. The Holy Spirit releases these manifestation gifts as you are ready by your spiritual maturity and by your desire and hunger for God. The gift of discernment is one of the mind gifts, along with words of knowledge and words of wisdom. The word for discernment in the Bible is diakresis, which means to distinguish, to judge, to discern one thing from another. It literally means to properly and thoroughly investigate the source of a message. Because this is a Holy Spirit manifestation gift, we know that what we're looking for needs to represent the omniscience of an all-knowing God. It is this gift that helps you know the truth from lies. It highlights whether something or someone is aligning with God's truth or is not. So the job of this gift is to look for and judge whether the source of a message is from God, is from the enemy, or is from man. And it can be sensed by emotional feelings, sensing atmospheric shifts in spirits in the room, or straight up knowing in your spirit, inner man, the truth. I asked Jesus to help me understand what he wants us to know about the gift of discerning spirits. And he said, the gift of discernment is a manifestation gift of the Holy Spirit given to help people see, hear, sense, and feel spirits, including my spirit and the spirits of the enemy. This is so you can know his influence and schemes and my will. When you know it's a spirit that's menacing with you and you know that I am bigger, you will also know what to do. It has never been more important for you to be able to discern truth from lies. This generation has blinders on, even the body of Christ. Rarely do people even ask me for an increase of this gift, but it is a powerful one if you want to live in victory. When you see the Spirit through my eyes, you are given the proper perspective of your situation or problem. At this moment, I was reminded of a person that we were praying for whose daughter was diagnosed with autism, and the Lord used her as an example when he said, In this young lady's case, the world will tell her that is a chemical or a brain wiring issue. This is really a spiritual issue that needs to be fought as a spiritual battle. The truth sets you free only when you believe it. It is the truth and my power that sets you free, and your belief in my truth activates the power to be released. Jesus lived his entire earthly life exercising this gift. On at least three occasions, Jesus tells us that he did nothing on his own, but only what he saw and heard the Father doing. 
My favorite is John 5.19. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the son can do nothing of himself of his own accord unless it's something he sees the father doing. For whatever things the father does, the son in his turn also does in the same way. Another interesting point is that discernment sees past the natural realities into our present and future timelines. In Luke 8, Jesus took the disciples to visit a place where the demon-possessed man was living among the tombs. In the natural realm, the disciples could only see that this man was crazy, out of his mind, and dangerous. But Jesus was able to discern that this man's behavior was not because of who he was, but because of demonic influence. He saw a man that was afflicted with demons that could become a worshiper with great spiritual influence. So the gift of discernment looks past the present into the future of who God sees a person to really be. So be careful about how you speak about your prodigal child, for example. Ask the Lord to show you who they really are and pray that future into existence. People who exercise this gift often have the discernment to be able to see and sense the spiritual realm, both good and bad. They are able to feel or see the demonic realm and other spiritual realities. They are able to tune to the Holy Spirit and see people's true heart motives and rely not only on what the behavior is that they are observing. Hurt people hurt people. So people can behave in strange or even mean ways because of their own heart wounds. Only through the Lord would you be able to see that the root cause of that heart wound and have compassion for a person who is abusive or out of control. People are not the sum of their behaviors. Jesus died for people to break past those natural limitations. The gift of discernment is strengthened and exercised by tuning to the flow of the Holy Spirit and sensing and seeing only what God says is true and right. This takes us way back to the trailer episode of the Experience Jesus podcast, where we learned that spontaneous messaging can come to us from the spirit realm, and sometimes it's from God, sometimes from the enemy, and sometimes just from us. We need to learn to test those messages to see if and to whom they line up with so that those things that are coming and representing God are the ones that we align with. King Solomon asked for this gift when the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked him what he desired. Solomon pleased God by asking for the spirit of discernment. In 1 Kings 3.9, it says, So give your servant understanding of mind and a hearing heart for which to judge your people, so that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge and rule this great people of yours? Because the gift of discernment comes from knowing what the Lord says is true and right, it makes sense that in order to have it, you must have spent a lot of time in the Word of God and in God's presence. This is why this gift is usually released for mature believers. Olympic athletes train to be successful in their sports. The same is true for this gifting case. 
If you are fixing your eyes on the world all the time, you are not going to have the discernment of God's will and in his ways. But if you're fixing your eyes on God, you will begin to see things through his perspective. Spending time with him is critical, so that becomes your new normal. This is an important season for us to grow in the gift of discernment. To be able to identify deception when we see it in culture or in people with accuracy and appropriateness is very important in a generation that is being led away from God. Those exercising this gift can distinguish truth from error, right from wrong, and whether motives are pure or impure. Anything that does not line up with God's word, his nature, character, and promises is not true and is from the enemy. Unfortunately, many well-meaning preachers are teaching inaccurately or not interpreting scripture according to the Holy Spirit's intention when he wrote it. Nearly always, this makes God too small and, in circumstances, leads people away from having the faith to believe that God is big enough for anything that could happen to their family, their body, or the nation. So it is always important to check everything against the Word of God and God's personal interpretation. This is why learning how to experience Jesus personally is so critical. And finally, it's important to be able to identify the presence of evil and its influence over you. Many times, for example, a physical illness or a mental or emotional illness that you're battling with is actually coming from a negative spirit or a mimicry spirit of an illness. But as long as you don't know that, you're not going to address it as such and you will remain in the illness. I have unfortunately seen way too many people that I know that God has declared complete and absolute healing over who at the experience of the first symptom of the old illness go back to believing that God did not heal them and are re-ensnared by believing that God was not big enough to heal them. It breaks God's heart when that happens and it nullifies his work on the cross. So it's critically important for you to test everything against the word of God. 1 John 4, 1 through 6 tells us how to do that. Beloved, do not believe every spirit speaking through a self-proclaimed prophet. Instead, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world. But this you know and recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ has actually come in the flesh as a man is from God. God is its source. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he has come in the flesh, but would deny any of the Son's true nature, is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. Little children, believers, dear ones, you are of God and you belong to him and have already overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist. Because he who is in you is greater than Satan who is in the world of a sinful mankind. They who teach twisted doctrine are of the world and belong to it. Therefore, they speak from the viewpoint of the world with its immoral freedom and baseless theories. 
demanding compliance with their opinions and ridiculing the values of the upright. And the gullible one of the world listens closely and pays attention to them. We, who teach God's word, are from God, energized by the Holy Spirit, and whoever knows God through personal experience listens to us and has a deeper understanding of him. Whoever is not of God does not listen to us. But this we know without any doubt, the spirit of truth motivated by God and the spirit of error is motivated by Satan. Hosea 14.9 says that the ways of the Lord are right and the righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumbled in them. All spiritual gifts are abilities that are given by the Holy Spirit to manifest supernatural abilities in the natural world. All gifts are for the purpose of blessing and edifying people. In order to walk in the gift of discernment, you must be a mature Christian. That means you are living a life of holy habits of abiding in Christ and spending time in the Word and living a life in alignment with God's truth. One of the members of my Truth at Work roundtable about 10 years ago was Pastor Charles Eduardo's. When someone in the group would share some self-deprecating or negative belief about a certain circumstance, Charles was quick to say, is that true? Because my Bible says, and then he would whip out the perfect verse that would counter the lie that they were confessing. He did this so often, and I never forgot it until I could do it too. I found myself asking the question even to myself, is that true? Because my God promises, whatever it is, this is an example of such a loving way to exercise this gift. Even the way we exercise the gift must represent God and his nature and character. God convicts and not condemns. The difference is the conviction is done with the spirit of love and is for your best interest. It's designed to build you up and make you a better person. Condemnation is the enemy's counterpart. It is designed to make you feel bad, tear you down, to control you, and to rob you of your destiny. So be careful to constantly reflect the light and love of the Lord when communicating using the gift of discernment. This gift can be misused. If it does not get delivered the way God would want it be delivered, because remember, this message is always from God. So if it's not delivered the way God would want it to be delivered and is delivered with more negativity, then it is not from God. How do you grow in discernment? The secret is to grow in your sensitivity to God and the spiritual world. Robert Cialdini wrote a book called Influence about several human nature type influencers that every single person is subject to. It's a really interesting book because each of these influencers can be used for good or for evil, the most important of which was the principle of social proof. It talks about getting your sense of right and wrong by what you observe in society. He shared a story in his book about when a person was murdered in broad daylight in New York City. Many people walked by while this was happening, and they were all looking at each other, but nobody did anything. Nobody called the police. And when asked about it later, they assumed that it was actors, and it wasn't real, and they moved on. They looked around at what other people were thinking and doing, and they decided 
what they should do based on the observation of what they saw others doing. If no one else was going to do anything about it, they weren't going to either. They justified their inaction by assuming that it was actors and they were just pretending. They thought, if this is real, surely someone would be calling the police by now. Social proof is the belief system that what you see around you is normal and true. This is the most dangerous of all of the influencers that Cialdini writes about in his book. It is the stuff of cults. The cult leader will surround people with the only reality that he or she wants them to believe is true. The expression, drinking the Kool-Aid, comes from such a cult example. The expression means to believe whatever someone tells you to do, regardless of its lack of wisdom. In November of 1978, Jim Jones persuaded over a thousand of his followers, including men, women, and children, to commit suicide by drinking poisoned Kool-Aid. It is now referred to as the Jonestown Massacre. There are things being told in the name of our well-being internationally now that are lives from the pit of hell. Absolutely controlling strategies are from Satan and his armies. The first level of discernment is to become aware of such lies, to seek God's face for wisdom about what to do when faced with lies, and then to have the courage to speak or act in obedience to God's direction related to them. There were several biblical words that I found related to specific strategies to increase your discernment. The first is dakimezo, which means to prove, examine, to put to the test. This word is related to the test of God's nature, promises, character, and word of God. Another biblical word for a strategy was for radio, and it means to perceive, to pay attention, to give attention to, to discern. That means you need to look upon something and examine it and experience it to understand and evaluate it. And then finally, the word pneumaticos, which means to sense spiritual realities, to allow your spiritual senses to receive information. This is important because we are not getting our discernment just from our minds or from the world, but we get it from the Holy Spirit directly which means checks in our spirit, feeling a sense of right, wrong, um, that icky feeling of something's not right here is all part of it. And even sensations on the skin can give us information that way. One of the biggest challenges related to getting messages from God directly, if you remember from our trailer episode, is the key that you must quiet yourself down. If sensitivity to the spirit is one of the biggest things we can do to increase discernment, then we must learn how to quiet ourselves down. When you're listening or looking at things in the world, you're not paying attention to God. And the only way to listen to God is to tune to the spirit and pay attention for the spontaneous thoughts, feelings, and sensations. Since the number one reason that people do not hear from God is because they cannot calm themselves down long enough to hear him or tune to him directly instead of tuning to their own concerns, I would like to share with you a diagnostic tool that will help you figure out your quieting issues in five categories. We're going to have you self-examine on a scale of one to five. 
This will make sense as we work through it. But first, if you have a notebook on hand, you may want to take notes on these categories and as you're scoring them. And this quick little test will be included on our episode page for this episode at pattyej.podbean.com. Okay, so to identify your state of being still, there are key factors of the contemplative meditative state. They are the opposite sides of a continuum. The first is considered a number one, and the second would be a number five. Okay, so for example, we're going to look at physical tension as a number one and physical calm as a number five. You're going to rate yourself across the categories from one to five. Do you swing toward tension or do you swing toward calm? That kind of thing. And we're going to do this for five categories. So you're going to write five categories. You're going to have uh, one through five. And as I go through them, you'll know which comparisons we're doing here. So rate yourself on the scales below as we talk this through or on, you know, print it out and do it later. I'm also going to share a verse categorically one area at a time. What you want is five on all categories. If you score a five on all categories, then you have no quieting issues. You are able to calm yourself down well enough to be able to hear God clearly. Okay, so our first category is physical tension on the one side of the scale and physical calm. The verse that encourages physical calm is Hebrews 4, 9 to 11. So there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has also rested from the weariness and pain of his human labors, just as God rested from those labors uniquely, his own. Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, so that no one will fall by following some example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. To relieve tension, it's always wise to breathe slowly and deeply. If there are things on your mind, take a notepad, write them down, so that after you're done having time with the Lord, you can address them. Our second category is distraction, which would be rated as the low end, one, and focused attention, which would be the high end, five. The verse encouraging focused attention is Hebrews 12, two. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of the faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Always fix your eyes on Jesus and not on your problem. If you see something going on that doesn't feel right in your spirit, go straight to Jesus with it. Singing or praying in tongues is another way to help you get your mind off your issues and onto Jesus. It is absolute evidence of your surrendering to God. Our third category is over control, which would be on the one direction and letting be on the five direction. 
The verse that encourages this is Psalm 46.10. Cease striving, let go, relax, and know that I am God. The most common thing I see the Lord begging our students at the university to do is allow him. He is the omni-God and you are not. His ways are wiser than your ways or anyone else's in the world. If you allow him, he will show you the truth. It is the truth plus his power that sets you free from worry and anxiety. To believe lies is a bondage, and to try to control situations yourself is futile. The Lord told me once that control is a myth, so allow the omni-God to take the wheel in your life. The next category is, are you closed or are you open and receptive? The verse encouraging receptivity is John 15, 4 and 5. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bear much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. This category gets at the absolute heart of the level of faith and belief that you have in the Lord. Are you open and receptive to the spiritual truths, or are you closed off because of the lies of culture or religious spirit? Whatever you believe, you become. To abide in the vine is having direct access to God's life-giving nutrients. Or another metaphor the Lord has given me a lot about is electricity. An unplugged appliance cannot work without electricity. Neither can you know the truth from lies if you are not connected to the Lord. And our last category is related to analytical thought or overthinking, which would be a one- and spontaneous flow, which would be a five. Our verse encouraging spontaneous flow is John 7, 38 and 39. He who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. But he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him as Savior were to receive afterwards. The Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified, raised to honor, but he has been for us. Remember that what we are looking for is spontaneous flow from the Holy Spirit. God's voice will sound like his name's characters and promises. It will be received by many methods and senses. It's not just your spiritual ears, but includes your spiritual eyes, your emotions, and even sensations on your skin, feelings, The increased sensitivity to the spontaneity of messages is practicing the gift of discernment. If you are too analytical or look at the world too logically, you are living out of your head and your own limited understanding of the world. God's ways are wiser than your ways, and they are not always logical. Pay attention to the spontaneity of the Lord to help you understand what it means. I also want you to be reminded that the inner senses of your heart include the mind of Christ. So you're not going to access God's wisdom with your head. It's still a heart transaction 
to tap into the wisdom of God in your heart. For our Experience Jesus section today, we're going to work off the issues that were identified for you in this assessment. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. Once you have met with Jesus in your special place and have played with him as a child for a few minutes, further posture your heart with this specific prayer so that when you go into the special place, the Lord can address the issues in the prayer. Lord Jesus, to my ears and my mind and my senses, to your still small voice that convicts my heart of sin, correct my ways and counsel my heart. Help me know the difference between your ways that counsel and convict and the accuser who wants to discourage me and give me a spirit of despair. Help me not to have fear in this world, Lord God, but to see you as much bigger and seek your face for the truth. Thank you for being my advocate that gently guides me and steers me along the path of greater discernment. In Jesus' name, amen. Then go into your special place and have an honest conversation with the Lord about the score that pointed out areas that have you having trouble quieting yourself and tuning to the Lord. Allow God to show you some lies that you've agreed with and the truth that will set you free and have him show you something that will help you move your score on the dial from a low number to a high one so that you may have an increased revelation of wisdom and be able to exercise the spirit of discernment with greater effect. Take all the time you need and make sure you capture all of it in your journal. Well, I hope the Lord was able to give you some tips that will move your ability to quiet yourself and tune and focus on Him a little bit easier, and that the Lord will show you exactly how to have an increased sensitivity between truth and lies. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.